I uploaded like 200 gig. And that just melted it, melted the router. It did, I think. <laughs> I think everything was too high. It just wasn't working. Yeah, you had some you had some uh, issues the other day, didn't you? Like you were having something or other about your modem? Yeah, I, my internet connection was flaky. Mine's always flaky. Who have I been seeing that's... Is it your old boss, Matt, who's been mm-hmm. talking about how he's having, having trouble with Ironet? Yeah, they never had much luck at the office. Yeah, I I feel like Ironet's gone downhill lately. Everyone's been saying that. Excellent, I'm about to sign up with them. Well, I used to love them, right? But ever since I moved here, I've always I've I've had so much trouble with my with the internet connection. And it's just ongoing. Um but then I saw like and I just kind of thought, well, maybe it's just the the line, but uh, I mean, I've been seeing more and more that Ionet has been having trouble and like you, there's been a there's actually been like a fault in Monica for the past three months. Right, that's no good. If it helps though, I was with Ionet on VDSL, so the exact same thing as signing Excellent. up for solid as good. as long as you were right next to the router. Yeah, because of my Wi-Fi. But yeah, it was good. So I've signed. I have ordered. So I'm on ADSL two plus at the moment, and um, when it's working well, I get maybe two megabits per second down. Which is not great. That's and shocking. I only get that sometimes. That is shocking. Um, and so I was kind of thinking maybe if I had a more modern ADSL modem, it would do a better job at getting a higher speed. Yeah. Um, but apparently I can get VDSL where I am, and that's sixty megabits per second. I hate you. Um, but I don't think I'll get it because like, I've signed up. Um, oh, it's complicated. So VDSL they use fiber to the node. Yes. And then they run copper. Yes. To your house. Yep. And apparently they can't reuse existing copper phone lines. They have to they put run in a new, new one. copper. Right. And um my phone line goes under the ground behind in through my backyard and through my neighbor's backyard. Through a um like a conduit. Yep. And apparently it's meant to have like there's some standard for what conduit's meant to be. And it's meant to be like maybe twenty mil or sixty mil or something. So it's fat enough to like keep the copper well protected and be able to pull new copper lines through. Yep. I don't think mine is. I think mine's really skinny, like eight mil, and it's like impacted and full of mud, and dirt. And, and how do you know that this is the case? Because um, the phone line has like broken. Our next door neighbor dug it up once accidentally, and there's been a couple of other times where there's been faults where oh, they've nice. had to dig down to find the conduit, find where the copper is broken, Oy. and put a little new piece of copper to patch it up. Yeah, and then bury it all again. If you do um, get it though, it's really good, and they're not lying about the speed. Yeah, it actually gets that speed. Only if you like plug one device straight Ethernet in, you get sixty megabit. On my Wi-Fi, I used to get thirty-five, thirty-five down, twenty so if, up. At the moment, I've got a pretty old, an old ADSL modem, uh, and a quite old Airport Extreme that doesn't do the full. What's the latest one? AC. Yeah. Uh, so if I got VDSL, I think I'd also get a That's what I did. new Airport Extreme. I did that because yeah. I had my MacBook Air, which was the only device that supported it. But now the phone does as well. But uh, yeah, I'm guessing I'm not going to be able to. Um, I'm, I'm predicting they'll give me the choice of digging a trench for them. They'll say, if you dig the trench, we'll lay the line. Worth it, man. Yeah, but I don't know. if I have to get permission from my neighbors to dig a trench through the uh, air yard as well. And I remember as a kid, I crawled through the bottom of the house and it was... Only about as high as my flat laying down body to put a phone line in so I could get internet. It was rough, but it was worth it. See, I'd do it. 
I'd organize with my neighbor and dig the trench, dig the trench, and maybe like they could organize to get it at the same time and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Like, share I would, it. that'd be good. I'd, I'd organize, and then that way you can share the cost and it's just easier. And then you don't have, then yeah. you don't have shitty internet. Yeah, it's true. Which two is two megabit is terrible. Yeah, oh, it is yeah, terrible. So bad. <laughs> but the thing is, I've, I can cope with it when it's reliably two because I can stream. How do you even Netflix on that? No, that's that's fast enough for Netflix. So, so Netflix. The, the problem and- isn't down. The problem is up, oh. right? Yeah, Here, we we download as long as the connection to the actual server is good. Which sometimes we have trouble when we're watching stuff on the Apple TV, downloading from iTunes because it's got to come from whatever. Um, but the problem is not the down, uh, the down pipe. It's the up, up pipe because what ends up happening is it's it's split unevenly so you have like 1.8 up to around two down but you only end up getting like a hundred a hundred kilobits up or something mm-hmm. and like so it takes for me to upload you know the video that i posted yeah, the other yeah. day that i cut you know how long it took me up to, to upload that an hour and a half i would have had that up in like 10 seconds and and <laughs> and on top of that like it's the tiniest little video it's not yeah. even a big one so i backed up uh, I've got a Synology NAS. They're quite nice. I like it. Yes. It works well. Yes. And I backed up 100 gig of my iPhoto library Yes. to Amazon's Glacier uh, service. Yes. That took two and a half weeks. <laughs> we we backed up. We start, We set up uh, We set up Backblaze like three months ago, I think. Still uploading? No, it's ah. finished. <laughs> it's finished. It finished like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it took forever. So how, how does that work in the sense that I've always figured a backup, like my iPhoto library thing during the two and a half weeks that I was uploading it. Yeah. So firstly, the primary copy of this is on my laptop. Yep. There's so, a backup on my NAS. I have massive amounts of backups. And I've backed up my backup now. to the cloud now. So I have, I have a backup that runs on here that run, just backs up to the same drive because i got a massive drive and I just... Yeah, I had to do it to install Yosemite, so I had, I just yep. put it somewhere that was convenient. Um, although you're not technically supposed to do that, apparently, so don't you know, um, don't judge me. And then we have, I obviously have Dropbox, and all of my data, like my actual data, is basically in Dropbox because I now have like two terabytes. I've got, I've got more space in my Dropbox. I could put my entire friggin', um, my t- entire friggin' like computer, including my. Uh, my time machine back up into Dropbox and still have space. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've got my photos going to Picture Life because we've been playing around with that and getting that set up. And on top of that, we have the Backblaze backup. But my question about the Backblaze backup is if it takes however long it does to back up, what is it? Like if you were to recover from it, would the system even be bootable? Because presumably some of the files in that backup are a month old and some of the files are a day old. Yeah, but they're they're uploading the files that change, and you don't like you don't use the Backblaze backup as like okay, I replaced my entire hard drive with this. You just you just pull down one or two files. You can you pull down need. like you can pull down your entire user library, user folder, right? But if you can if you're continuing to make changes during the time it's doing the backup, does it it continually re re indexes right and uh, and continues to upload a new the newer files? Okay, so it just um. So it's not like it's not just like okay we index and now we just put it all into the cloud and then we worry about it later. Yeah. It's like we index, we keep going until at some point they re-index again and they yeah. they adjust their 
thing. That's and there at that's least part of why it takes so long yeah. because it's always uploading the newer files. Yeah, but so if you keep at the changing same time, stuff, it like, goes okay. I won't bother uploading that one anymore because you've changed it. I'll put, put it in the back of the queue. Upload the new one instead. Essentially, I think yeah. Interesting. There you go. But I had like three hundred gig or something to upload. From if only one, there so. was some crazy idea for a really fast internet connection that was like available to everyone. It could be like available nationally. And it could be broadband. Mm. It could, could be some sort of network. Nah, that'll never catch on. No. Nah. <laughs> so I've got some uh, follow-up. Follow-up? But I don't have anything else. So can I just do a little bit of quick follow-up? Well, I, th- I think as after last week, uh, we talked a lot about tech stuff and apparently it was very good. Why? Did people... Well, I heard a couple of people say that they liked it. Huh. At least, but I felt I feel kind of dirty about it, right? Because, Thanks, people. Because you want to talk about programming. Well, that's that is what this podcast is about, right? My follow up doesn't relate to programming. That's okay. What does your follow up relate to? Gender. Gender. Well, that's okay, I guess. The timing doesn't work very well because by the time people listen to this, yes, the Indiegogo campaign may or may not have been funded. Well, I um, think I think it was. I funded. think it's already funded. Oh, well, there you go. That's exciting. Earlier today, there was an Indiegogo campaign. Which was still waiting for some, uh, some funding, but obviously it's crossed that threshold now. Yes, they cro- they crossed that earlier today. This is Code Film, it's called, and it looks really good. Even just from the video they've got on their Indiegogo campaign page, mm. uh, it looks like they've interviewed a lot of people. Uh, so it's a film where they're trying to understand more about the issues involved in gender equity in technology. Um, Which is something that we've talked about before, yeah. Indeed. So it's called Code Debugging the Gender Gap. Um, and it looks really interesting. I'm keen. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the film because it looks. It sounds like they've already shot a lot of the documentary and they've done a lot of the editing, and they were wanting to raise funds for things like um, archival footage and for help with distribution and yeah, and things like that. Um, so I'm sure that it's going to come out at some point. Well, it's too late. It's it's probably yeah. No, it is definitely for people who are listening who haven't already heard about it and can. can Contributed, 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 Ben. Contributed. I don't think that's right. No, I just threw it out there to mess with you. (laughs) Made a contribution for people who haven't contributed yet. uh, You know, it's it's probably it's too late now because the thing the thing is closed. But um, I'm sure that I'm I'm sure that you know. I don't know. You, there, there are there are ways. There are ways of. I, I guess at the very least, I think they have like a support. mailing list. You can sign up and keep in touch with the project and yeah. find out about it as they get we'll, closer. We'll to throw the release. we'll th- we'll throw the link to that in the show notes. Just just you know because, and uh, and if people are interested, in they can they can check it out. And then the other bit uh, about um, gender equality um, is I'm reading a book at the moment that I th- I'm finding really interesting because it kind of I guess I'm enjoying reading it because it harps on about things that I've previously thought about and talked Mm -hmm. a bit about, which is um, that to me, the question of whether we can get a better balance in workplaces uh, in terms of people from different genders, both men and women, um, working, you know, in equal numbers and doing the same sort of work. and Men and women and other. Yep. Any Mm. gender. um, That you can't look at the workplace separate from everything else. That it's uh it's really complex because um and this book that I'm reading is called The Wife Drought and it's by an Australian author Annabelle Crab yes um and the, I think that the kind of catchy byline thing for the book 
is is uh, why women need wives and men need lives. And I think that the basic premise is that uh, part of the complexity of the, this issue is that um, as well as work lives, lots of people have family lives as well. So not yeah. certainly not everyone has children, but lots of people do. And for those people that have children, um, there can be a whole heap of sort of work and responsibility related to looking after and raising children that generally, you know, um, in traditional sort of senses has fallen on women, on wives, um, and that that gives the men who have wives um, an advantage in the workplace because then they're able to, I guess they've got, it's not a level playing field. They're able to actually sort of work late or, you know, it's five to five and your boss comes in and says, hey, I've got this great idea. Do you have 10 minutes to sit down and talk about it? Yeah. Uh, if you know that there's someone else who's got the kids and are going to pick them up from whatever childcare they're in and deal with that and get dinner ready, and then you can say, sure, let's talk about it. And therefore you're going to be in a position where you're going to more easily be seen as making good contribution and you'll be more likely to be picked for the next project or get to contribute to it. Whereas mm. if you're the person that has to say, sorry, I've got to go right now, I'm already late, I've got to like, got to get this kid from the childcare centre before they shut the doors and leave him standing on the footpath. Um, then you know you miss out on that, and so I guess the what this book looks at is um how to deal with both parts of the issue, how to give um women greater opportunities in the workforce, but also give men greater opportunities to spend time with their families, because that's another part of the issue. I think is that often um and the the book is interesting because it combines anecdotes with a whole heap of statistics and um summarizes a, bit, a lot of research that's been done. Um, and it's really, really much more common for women to have flexible working arrangements, to work part-time, to um, even just have flexible hours yeah. or to be able to work from home. Um, often it's actually workplace cultures are that if men ask for those things, they're less likely to get them. Firstly, they're less likely to ask for them. And secondly, if they do, they're less likely to get that signed off. And so the book kind of looks at both is how how can we change workplaces so that the culture allows you know, basically doesn't assume that men never have family responsibilities and women always do hmm. um, because until you deal with that, it's it's hard to address sort of other issues of gender equality in terms of pay and advancement and things like that. Um, anyway, I'm enjoying reading. Good. Well, we'll, put oh. the, we'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Um, for people that are outside Australia, the book has a lot of Australian references in it, but I still think it's interesting and relevant. Um, there will just be sections that you would kind of read and go, what What are they talking about? That's okay. Sometimes sometimes we here in Australia get the same kind of feeling from Americans. You That's know, true. When they talk about all the stuff that they can do that just isn't isn't even possible in Australia. Yeah. Mm, 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 serves you all right. That was all my follow-up. That was all your follow-up. Well, let's talk about development stuff then. <laughs> yes, let's. I forgot how to do that. I don't know how to develop anymore. I just, um, I just talk tech. I, I, I did try and write some Objective C. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I struggled. <laughs> See, I've been I've been writing Objective C for the past you know ages. I kept leaving semicolons out. I couldn't figure out how to like reference other like import headers. What was the syntax <laughs> for that? Uh, um, hash import. And then depending. I didn't on know where to put my header. properties. Where do you declare your properties? Oh. Which uh, yeah. <laughs> You poor thing. Poor thing. You Jake. just put everything in main, man. 
Yeah, that's what I ended up doing. <laughs> you just wrote, you was just wrote the crazy. entire app in main.m. It might have been exacerbated yep. by the fact that someone was standing over my shoulder watching me do this. But I was going, I felt like. Who yeah, was watching you? I felt like a noob. I was showing someone how to do um, beacon stuff. Right. And I was going, yeah, you just do this. Hang on. What? Oh, semicolon. <laughs> well, see, I've been uh, I've been getting into the gift wrapped over the last week, kind of diving into. I've been I've been setting up gift wrapped for this next update, which is really big and. It's, it's the gift keyboard. Exciting. Yeah. Well, it's it's more than just the oh, gift really? keyboard. I, is... I was joking. I didn't even know you decided to. No, I am. Oh, that's always going to be. That was always going to be a, well, the case. I there, there is no way I can't release in my next update a gift keyboard. Oh, fantastic! I'm excited for um, you and for but, everyone that likes to send strange pictures to one another. Did you, I? I don't. I I tweeted today. Uh, uh, I saw I saw an article that was reviewing pop key that was that's the yeah. one that was the one that was like oh we're, we're the first one and then they didn't they didn't weren't up, first they weren't first they didn't keyboard first. was first um there was a there was an article that reviewed that that keyboard and referred to gift wrapped as being excellent there you go that's so I, that, that made me feel good fantastic but on top of that i've been because I, I i don't know about you guys but um, when I get stuck in like low level stuff, so I've been working a lot on like the model layer and all that sort of stuff and separating, separating that out and cleaning it up and making it work Cause you have better. to make a module. Is that why you're doing all this? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm separating it, separating it out so I can do that easier in the future. Right. Mm. And so now I've got like, previously I had basically like my, my view controllers for the various things were kind of all based on. They were all just you know self-contained for the most part. Mm. There was there was like a so I had a a thing that I called my grid view controller, which was kind of like the the base class for everything, and then that t- took care of adding like the actual items and all that sort of stuff, and then just customizations of that. And so the model and everything was kind of built into it. So what I did was I decided that I was going to pull that out. Yeah, for a number of different reasons, partly because of the module thing. And partly also because people have been asking for like, you know, the ability to swipe back and forwards between the library and stuff like that. And it's a lot easier if I have a separate way of dealing Mm. with Mm. the actual items themselves. And so I spent, I've spent the last few weeks basically in this low level area where I'm dealing with just model stuff and making sure it's still working the same exact way as it worked before, but better and, Mm. you know, more solid. And it is, it's way more solid than it was, um, which is saying something, I think, because um, it was pretty good before, or at least I think it was good before. But the uh, the last couple of days, I decided that I just had enough of model layer. I don't know if you did. You ever get this where you just kind of like you so like bogged down in this in this kind yeah. of data yeah, level sure. stuff that you just you just need like a little win by just creating something that you can kind of actually play with and go, yeah, this is cool. I like this. Also, I really thrive on external validation, so. I want to do something that's visible to other people yeah. so that they can look at it and go, you're awesome. And if I'm working with someone else who understands code, yeah. I can get that validation from low-level code stuff and mm. just show someone my awesome code and go, isn't this just nicely factored? See what yeah. I've done? See, See this how use clean of this generics? Is? See how, I've, how well I've like I've separated all it out, yeah. it all out and normalized everything? Yeah. But if I'm not, then I want to do something that, someone that see, is using the app is going to go oh i see that little animation thing you've done i figure i figure what's going to happen is in about after i release it 
and maybe maybe a couple of months after that, when I see that I'm getting less crashes, yeah, that cool. will make me feel better, and like that I've nailed some mm. of the crashes that have been bugging me since pretty much day one. Mm. Nice, nice. I feel like that's going to be yeah. what what actually like gives me the validation for all this work that I've put in. But it's just like at this point, at this point in time, and it was just the other day that I decided, well, no, I've done, I've done all I can do with this. I need to. I Models need to win. the most boring of the whole I, thing. I can kind of enjoy it sometimes. I guess. Nah. <laughs> I, it's I don't just, mind the um yeah. the data layer like the bit that the takes bit responsibility that controls the model and yeah. like you know does the storing and the yeah. that bit's fun but the actual model bit but where you modeling just say, some data bleh, boring mm. you just sit there like making property after property mm. and then you've just got to you've got to like forward think and make sure that you're thinking that yeah. like this is going to work right and then if it doesn't you end up having to go back and adjust it slightly mm-hmm. and um. But all the work that I put in has been good and has been for good because I, in the last day or two, I added like a the ability to like filter your library down and it does it and it basically works. It just works and cool. you can filter it down. And if like gifts come in from like Dropbox or something, they'll just they'll add in, but they won't get added in if they're not part of the filter. And you can sort, and it's just ah, it's great. <laughs> It made and it gave, it gave me so much validation for all the work that I've put in already because that wasn't yeah. even possible yeah. before. Uh, but also, like, I got that little you know, little bit of fun time about you know making cool stuff again. Yeah, cool. I do love I do love doing like cool interface stuff. That's really my shtick. But um, I've been thinking about like with this user interface stuff, like doing designing for one hand as well. Yeah. Okay. Like especially with this freaking monster. So that oh, that was my other bit of follow up. Oh, you have more follow up. I've been using my six plus for what two weeks now. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm so happy that I got the six plus. Wow. Like I'm, I've heard lots of people um say they think that it's too big. Yep. And I agree, it is too big. It's too big when I'm holding it one handed. It's too big when I'm putting it in my pocket and taking it out. It's too big when I'm like putting it down places where I used to put my five but i don't care about any of that because when i'm using it the screen is just fantastic yep. i just i am willing to tolerate the fact that the ergonomically holding something this large is awkward because using the screen it's just i think i feel much the same way like i understand that people like why people have got have got issue with like how big it is because like if i'm holding it one-handed and i'm carrying something in my other hand like when i'm on the way home from work and i've got i don't know something yeah um it's, yeah, I, it's difficult to use it one-handed. Yeah, I struggle to use it one-handed in like I there are certain times I can't use it one-handed. Whereas yeah. I used to be able to use the iPhone 5 one-handed pretty much. Well, you can pretty time. much like the iPhone 5 even like even for people with small hands like I mean to use the uh the Syracusean uh language for it shimmying the phone up and down in your hand mm. to, in order to get to places works. Yeah. But it doesn't work for the six. No, because you can shimmy it to the point where the center of gravity is. But even like... then, like even then, once <laughs> I shimmy it, if I shimmy it so that I'm t- I, I'm up at the top of the screen, I yeah. still can't. I couldn't re- tell, reach that back button. Like yeah. it would require like a much weirder hold yeah. in order to hit that. So, but I think like thinking about gestures that you can do kind of at the bottom in the middle of the screen, so that you don't right. have to get to the top, is it's, a good idea. And so this is something that I've been thinking about, right? So as part of my my uh, ability to filter, which has 
and I'm going to show you guys, but obviously people can't Ooh. see it. So people can. So it has the search field at the top yeah. that you that kind of hides behind the navigation yeah. bar, yeah. like Pull you see some places. To, yeah. Um, I'm thinking like, okay, what if I'm on the go? I've one hand. And, and you absolutely I want, have to send I want a to send, gift to someone I want to right send now. a GIF, yeah. and I'm not going to be at wherever I am for another you know, yeah. 20 minutes or something, but I want to send a GIF. Um, so how do I, like, without having to shimmy around, how do I make the search, like, how do I do a search? Because in order to do a search, I would have to pull the pull it down, shimmy the phone up, tap in the search field, yeah. make sure I actually get it, you know, it t- takes. It might take a couple of tries if you're not feeling particularly useful. So the spotlight search gives focus as soon as you pull it out. Mm. So what I did was I instead of instead of making it so that you can you can't, so it doesn't just do it straight away, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, what you end up is is if you scroll to the top like that, you end up always pulling up search because yeah. it doesn't. It's not something. The the reason that the spotlight search works so well is because you, you don't scroll, scroll that way vertically, right? To, yeah. And you can't actually if you'll you'll notice that if you scroll spotlight, if you if spotlight is closed, you can't actually scroll up. No, you can't scroll. At but all. once you scroll down a bit, it then you can then you can scroll like mm. up, and it kind of has that bounce effect. Mm-hmm. But because GIF wrap scrolls vertically, I had to think about like how that was going to work. So instead of just giving this field searches uh, by default. If you pull down, you know how you have the pull down yeah, to yeah. refresh yeah. thing. There's actually a little line there that says "keep pulling to search." And Excellent. if you if you pull down far enough, it will click in the search, and you can search one handed. Nice, that's cool. I that like is cool. it. And then when you when like obviously, then sometimes the search the field, the icons kind of sit to the top. Well, so that's the next thing, right? Mm. So why like so many of the user interface elements um, on iOS? populates from the top down. Yeah. Like what was the other thing uh, someone was complaining to me about the other day is the play pause control. That was me. Oh, that was you. Lock screen. Reachability doesn't work on the lock screen and the play pause controls are up the top. Really? Yep. Go give it a go. I, I don't know that you can when you don't have something playing and I'm not going to play something right now. But I... Okay. <laughs> oh, so that's the music player. It'll work there. No, it doesn't. This is lock screen. Oh, that's the lock screen. Okay, yep. Yeah, yeah doesn't okay. work. And I've got a... Oh, it's a stretch. Whereas they could have just swapped that and had the controls closer to the bottom. Spotify has the controls at the bottom. Yeah. To be fair, you can do control center. And they, okay. are, they are right there. That's an extra swipe. I should be able to push buttons that are already on the screen. Yeah. I'm with you, Ben. Moves, change the buttons. Right? But if, you, if, you, like, if, if you're holding the phone, right, and you go, okay... Click to unlock, swipe up, tap. Like, it's not, like, that much of a... The button's already there. Take the buttons off, then, if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, I don't it, particularly feel bad about that. It's but, just yeah. interesting, though. And, like, your example where the collection view starts populating from the top down. Yep. Would it make sense to do it from the bottom up? It'd look a bit I weird. Think it'd look it? a bit weird. I don't You're know, also I think... fighting with, um, like... The way you read and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I I, I think top to bottom, I think left to right. The position of the gifts when one once you're kind of searching is slightly more configurable because you can less search means you can just scroll and tap. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's only once you kind of 
filtered down to like less than what's on like less than what it takes to scroll. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. way you can't actually scroll. Did you make your nav bar disappear when you scrolled? That's so in right now. No. So hot right now. No, I haven't done that. Oh, then you'll have like a whole massive six plus screen filled with gifts that'll look awesome. It will. I'm I'm sure I'm sure it will. Yeah, no. I I've got tab bar I've got a I've got a tab bar that's always on screen now. That can go away as well. Just when you scroll, they so, disappear. Do you still support the four? I don't know that I. I don't know. Do I? I just support seven. So probably. Yeah, yeah. you have got the four then. How are you handling designing for that many different sizes? Well, I don't do a lot of stuff that's custom. Like no, but I mean, like even just when you're thinking things through, you just kind of are you. I find myself thinking about the the five and the six and the six plus, and mm. kind of just forgetting about the four. And then every now and then I go, oh. Someone might use this on a four. I better see how it works. Yeah, and, and it goes, everything's overlapping. Mm. <laughs> it's like that's little. There's not really a lot of my my interface, and this is this is kind of highlighted by the fact that I didn't like. And we've talked about this previously, where I didn't have to do a lot to make yeah. this work on the six and the six plus. Right. Yeah. It just it just basically worked. I just had to you know yeah. clean ups. I had to add the screen launch screen uh, zib. Yeah, which is the only zib in my entire thing. And uh, and adjust the sizing stuff so that yeah. it, it wasn't just doing it for iPhone and iPad. Yeah, and that it just and that was it. Like that was literally all I had to do. Yeah, which is because good. everything else is is just regular stuff. Like yeah. I just use collection views and table views and navigation bars and um. And if you use the standard stuff, then it does it. And it just kind of works. Yeah, I feel prob- I feel sorry for anybody who has like a more custom interface that they have to deal with that they may not have considered anything kind of outside of that size. So I'm working on a a universal app at the moment that's uh, so iPhone, iPad, and trying to think about all the different iPhone screen sizes and iPad. And I'm just struggling to get my head around what the UI should do in different circumstances, like what should be on screen and what shouldn't be on screen. And same with orientations. So orientations to me like is is probably the biggest issue that I've got at the moment because I don't know that I don't know that GIF wrapped is particularly useful on a on a screen that rotates on a smaller device because ninety percent of the time it's gonna be used in in portrait mode. Yeah, if you have a tab bar and a nav bar there. And you it's can't really see one like it's, it's like this, you know, it's this big. Yeah, so when you say a smaller device you're talking about iPhone four or five. Yeah, well anything six, anything that's not plus. a six. Okay. <laughs> anything that's not a six and up. So but six or six plus, which of those do you think do either of those? Do you think people might use them? Landscape. Have uh, you been using plus, your six plus in landscape? This is a conversation that I had. It wasn't really a conversation. It was a couple of tweets that I had with David Smith underscore David Smith um, on Twitter the other day because he put out he he was ask, asking people what like he did a poll of people asking what they thought about using the iPhone six plus in landscape. Mm. And my immediate response was, well, I use it sometimes. But most of the time, that's just because that's all I can use it. Because a lot of apps, even system apps, don't actually support landscape yeah. properly. Um, I want to use it more in 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 landscape mode because I feel I feel like it's the right kind of size and shape for doing that. I feel kind of I felt felt kind of different about the five and the five S because don't like landscape because they're so small. But yeah. maybe it's because my phone was small. I'm with you though. Since having the six plus, ergonomically, I want to hold the device sideways. Yeah, sometimes it feels right. But then when there's something on screen, like the stuff on screen doesn't feel right landscape yet. 
the physical form of the device feels right. Landscape. The physical form of the device feels perfect. Um, mail is probably the one that I've used in landscape the most, but even then, I don't really find it that useful. Having, um, I message in uh, in landscape with people. Right. So well, I talk. How big is your keyboard? Must be huge. The keyboard in landscape has got weird stuff on it. The they, keyboard they in landscape extra on keys. This, they have keys on the sides. Whoa! And I think the keys Didn't on the that. sides. I reckon the function of the keys on the sides is purely to keep these keys closest. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. The keys would be so wide, yeah. but, but the not other, high. The, the other thing that I that annoys me about that that landscape keyboard, the apostrophe. I use the apostrophe so much. Oh, you've and you got to switch to it. You've got to switch keyboards to get to it. Yeah, and yet you don't have to switch to get to like a, a question comma, mark or a, question or a mark, comma or an exclamation point. Like, like, I feel like. Apostrophe, apostrophe is, is so, so more much useful more than useful. exclamation. Hmm. Depends on I mean, how loud you speak. I mean, per- <laughs> personally, I have a whole bunch of uh, things set up so that I don't have to type apostrophes. I can just type a word and it will... Well, so that's the in. other thing I've noticed um, about one-handed use mm. is I'm starting to type less. Like the predictive text thing in iOS 8, whatever that's officially called. I'm actually using it a fair bit. And also, I find myself using the um, microphone like Siri to dictate. Whereas yeah, I don't, before I don't the that. 6 Plus, I would never even consider using that. Whereas now I'm like, there's no way I can handle this phone one-handed. I'm just going to see if this works. And it really does. Like, it's actually, mm. I think um, Apple have done a really good job at making it so that you don't actually have to type as much as you used to. So question, do do either of you use custom keyboards? Yeah, I have Swipe installed. No, SwiftKey. I have SwiftKey installed. Mm. Well, they're basically the same premise, yeah. SwiftKey works better. Don't know why. Um, and I do enjoy using it, but I just always forget to switch to it. See, my I I tried them out at first when I was it first dropped, and I tried it for a few days, and I couldn't I couldn't get the hang of it. I I kept finding that I would write the wrong word, not because I would not get the points right, but because what I would forget where the keys are on the keyboard. It's, oh yeah, and you it's would essentially stall? like, and so I would stall, and then I would I would get it wrong. Because it would think that I was typing something that I wasn't using. One of those keyboards is essentially like the, the you know the new version of touch typing. You know, the mm, not, not it's looking definitely at the... faster once you get it. Yeah. yeah. So I um don't have any third party keyboards installed. Uh, it surprises me that you have to switch to it. If you do install it, can't you set a third party keyboard as your default keyboard and it just comes up whenever you do text entry? I think it will remember the last keyboard you were using. Yeah. Right. The problem I find though. And it's like a really poor experience is that Apple keyboards preload or whatever, but when you switch to a third-party keyboard, you have a delay while it loads. Oh, right. It's gross. That and is kind of bad. You see like the little predictive text thingy sticking to the bottom of the window, and then it jumps up when the keyboard has loaded. Oh, doesn't sound very nice. No. And the other th- annoying thing I found, and I don't think it's Apple's fault this time, is in Apple keyboards, you can hold down on the keyboard symbol, and it will give you a list of keyboards. Yep. In SwiftKey... If you hold down that button, it yeah, third-party keyboards, you can't do it. I find I I, th- I think I started the so only, that is Apple's the call. only third-party keyboard that I've started using is is Emoji Plus Plus because it's way better than the Emoji keyboard that's built in. Yeah, okay. oh, I might do that. I, might, um, I do use the built-in Emoji keyboard occasionally, but that's like so I only have English and Emoji Plus Plus, and so the only downside to using using that particular keyboard is that my I don't get the fun little emoji icon on my keyboard switcher that <laughs> was new in iOS 8 anyway, uh, which is sad. But yeah. I find I, I, I constantly the hit the keyboard change button 
I do too. Yeah, same. And I don't know why. I, I do too when I'm in seven. landscape because oh, I landscape. keep experiencing. I keep thinking that the the number keyboard, the number button, and the uh, the keyboard change button are on uh, alternated. Okay. I keep thinking they're around the other way. I don't know why that is. I just hit it. I don't have any excuse for landscape. I just keep hitting it accidentally, like a lot. Yeah. And I didn't have that problem in seven, so I don't know what changed. So I'm struggling with the keyboard ergonomics generally because on the six plus, I mean, there are still lots of apps I've used that are scaled, yeah. and the keyboard, the keyboard does has a different layer, like it's yeah. bigger, right? I yeah. found it, I found yeah. it kind of difficult. So I'm constantly switching between scaled ones and not scaled ones, and I can't predict where a key is going to be. Like I've got to actually <laughs> pay attention and look. Yeah. When um, they um brought out the five, there was the same problem. The letterbox taps, the keyboard sat. Uh, but whatever the gap was higher, so you just constantly miss. Yeah, it's really annoying, and I still I cannot figure out shift. I swear, no. Every time I start so typing in anywhere, I like do not know whether the first letter is going to be capitalized or not, and I always guess wrong. I'm like typing something, you know, like you're filling out a form on a website, and yep. like I want my the first letter of my name to be capital. I'm going to hit shift so that it is capital, and then you start typing. It's like oh, it had defaulted capital. Okay, now I have to delete and hang on. Do I now press shift to turn it off? Or when I delete, has it already turned it off the shift and then reapplied the... And I do it like literally four times before I get it right. See, several years ago, I decided that pretty much all of my phone-related stuff was going to be in lowercase. But you still have to know to switch to lowercase. Nope. I have I have auto capitalization and all that sort of stuff turned oh, off. Okay. Ah. So everything for me is this lowercase. Is lowercase. I like to have the capitals. I like to have the capitals too. And then there are times, uh, anyway, it just drives me absolutely nuts. I, I cannot believe. I don't have to worry about it. Like, this is an issue that I don't have to worry about because but everything I just, that I then, write is in lowercase. But then everyone just thinks you're sad or angry because you don't have capital letters to make your sentences look nice. Or maybe you're A.A. A- a- Milne. Does, I'm, I'm jelly. That? I'm jelly. No, okay. Yeah. With lowercase I am, J. I am me. <laughs> Well, if you if if I'm writing to you in messages or something, then yes, unless I'm like being facetious, yep. and then I use like uppercase everything. Yep. But yeah. that's double tap, no matter what gets you uppercase. So I think you're sweet. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> oh yeah, there's an apostrophe here, but there are no capitals. Wow. Someone very high up at Apple has obviously made the decision about the shift key, and like it's just so stubborn and listens to no one. Because if it was someone like a lower designer. Surely they would have been overruled by now. Fascinating. How useful do you think these, like having a third-party keyboard, is? Like, do you think do you think a lot of people are using these things? No, I think the installation process is horrible. Yeah, but what? Let's imagine for a second that they they clean that up. People got the emoji thing down eventually, so it can't be. People do Mm. understand it. I'm amazed that there's no like URL or something to open the keyboards page. Like all the apps have to tell you to. Open the settings app. Go to right. general. So click on keyboards. I always say, finally, like there was a time when you could use the conf- system preferences URL yeah. scheme. What yeah. was it? I don't Prefs remember. or whatever yep. to, to get there. And then they started cutting that off and making it so that it wouldn't work. And now I always say it introduced a way for apps to link to their location services preferences. Oh, that's cool. I didn't so know that. So there's a per app location services now. So you don't have yeah. to go into location services. You yeah. go to each so app. So you can link And you can link own. to your own. So you can say, go and enable it for this app and tap a button and it takes them there. But it surprises me they haven't also got that for keyboards. They definitely don't. It'll um, come. It'll have to. I, I feel like maybe what they'll end up doing is putting like a switch or something to add the keyboard into that, that settings area. 
Yeah, this just should be a little pop-up. Do you want to install this keyboard? Mm. Yes. Done. It'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll come. Let's let's see how they how they deal with it in iOS 8.1. So third-party keyboards I haven't got into, but um, today widgets I have. I'm using Pedometer++ to keep track of how many steps I'm walking at the moment. Yeah, and I, I love the fact yeah, just I being able to pull down the... I made a today extension as well just to see how what it was like. Excellent. What's it like? It's pretty easy. The hardest part is getting your... um. You have to extract your framework out to share code. Yeah. So how does that work in the sense that does it need to be a, a, a dot framework? That's the kind of thing I believe so. that you create. I mean, you could build a static library and link to it. That would work too. Would it? Because... I'm pretty sure. Maybe not. Yeah. Okay. Do dot frameworks work in iOS 7? No. No, but, you have to be very careful, but, but neither do today extensions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. But like if... There is a way to build it so you don't get rejected. So if you're doing an, if you want your app to work on seven and eight, yeah, but on eight it'll have a today extension. Yeah. Yep. How do you link your app to the shared code? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's yeah, a dot framework, yeah, because it's still going to be shared code that needs to run on seven. Yeah. Not sure. Have to look. Maybe that it's up. not possible. Maybe the idea is that you launch a app that works on seven and eight before you launch your today widget. I don't And then once you add that, mm. you can't update the 7 one anymore? Or? Well, I'm going to no, find they definitely, out at they some have point because I'm on, still going to support the 7 when, okay. when GIF wrap makes They have a section launches, on so. how, to, how to do it. How to still support 7 even if you used a framework. I'm just not sure if it talks about if there's shared code in that framework, like shared code that needs to run on 7. Yeah. And the other, the other trick is your apps can't talk, to, so your today extension can't actually talk to your app. Um, the way you can share a data model is by creating a keychain group and putting your data model through keychain to your extension. Through keychain? Yeah, or NSU's defaults, I think. You can create a so, standardized defaults. You make your own defaults bundle. So, so they, can't, that. they can't share the same access to the same Directory? spot on the file system? Nope. So how much data can you store in keychain? Uh, there is a limit. I think it's 2 meg. That's just off the top of my head. That doesn't seem like a lot. What if you've got an app that has a big amount of data? I think the point is a, it probably like shouldn't be a today extension, maybe? Is like this, you wouldn't want to display extensions? Um, this is how extensions talk to apps. So mm, This is going to be a problem for me. Yeah. Mm. Um, you, can, huge... you can run network requests from your extension. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's awesome. I'll I'll do a network request. Download to, all of it <laughs> to to my server, which will then talk to the app in background mode. Maybe you can network <laughs> request your own. Oh no, that doesn't work. I'll have a I'll have a I'll build a a little web server into GIF Wrapped, and I'll no, access. No. No. <laughs> no, no, I don't know how it's I'm going to get around limitation. this. It's an interesting limitation that the. So this is obviously they're running they're sandboxed from one another. Yeah. Um so do they does an app and its extension have any more ability to share things than two apps that are from the same developer? No. So it's exactly the same mechanism as as to know, share data yeah. that we've always had. Between the people on the same I think what I'm gonna have to ID. do is use the photos library and maybe what I'll have is like a sync to photos and that will then get the gifts to the gift keyboard. Might want to double check this, but from my experience, that's how it works. There's yeah. no way to like just call your app and say, "Hey, give me the 
thingies from a database, mm. which would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would. I mean, that might that might come. Mm. I don't know. We'll have to see. Mm. Mm. It's interesting. I'm looking forward to playing with more of this Highway State stuff. But in terms of laying out your today extension and stuff, it's pretty easy. It uses self-sizing cells, and so you just drop things into it basically, and it um, so what, animates open nicely. What canvas do you draw in? Is it a UI view? Is that what you've got? Yeah. Or is it a yeah? It's a UI view, and you've got a UI view whose size may you don't really know necessarily because it could change. The user can yep. configure it, and so you can use auto layout. And yeah, users here and. Yeah, and it supports like if your label, like, like if you have a loading label that then has paragraphs and paragraphs of text, the today extension will animate open nicely when it's loaded. Yeah, cool. So that all comes for free, just with self-sizing cells. Yeah, it basically works like a, I mean, it works like a table view, and then just they they just yeah, with one cell. Yep. And you can put a table view in your cell if you want. <laughs> yeah, I haven't actually I've, tried that, but I'm sure it works. Just imagine that you're you are using a. Uh, Using your entire thing is in one, one table view cell. How does it work in terms of uh, background opacity? So when I pull down uh, the notification center, it kind of gives me this kind of frosted blur of whatever's behind it. Yeah. So your view is transparent, right? And you're meant to keep it transparent, or I, you can do. do what I you didn't like. read any rules that said you had to. You probably don't have to, but I. It looked really. People weird. would it uninstall would it if really it looked stupid. Yeah. Yeah, you you want to make sure that it actually looks good. Yeah, I also played around with blur views and vibrancy effects in iOS yeah. 8. Yeah, also really easy, especially the blur view. The blur view is just drag well, and just, drop. They're just a view, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's real time blur. Like yes, will, yep. And yeah, does yeah, it do yeah. sixty frames per second? Didn't try anything too intense. Yeah, but it, I just because I wanted something that was moving and I wanted it to be easy, I stuck a map. Yeah, a map view behind it and animated it. And it was fine. It works fine. Yeah, nice. Um, and then vibrancy is a little bit more tricky, but it's still easy. So vibrancy is a blur view with, and any subviews of that blur view get the vibrancy effect applied by default, right. and you can disable it if you want to. But as far as I can tell, there's no way to just use vibrancy without the blur view. Mm. Um, with the blur view, did you look at how to do it in a nice backwards compatible way so if you're implementing good an app question. for seven and eight and the design says we want a blurry bit eight it's easy you just use blur view what do you do for seven yeah it wouldn't work you'd have to use one of the third party ones like when collection views came out and so you got to do sort of runtime what os am i on do i instantiate a i think you just use the third party from the start i don't i feel like it would be kind of pointless to be switching between different versions for different OSs because then you'd have to make sure that you've got that they're working the same and just uh, it would be a nightmare. Like yeah. it's just one of those things where I don't think it's I you, don't think you can't really adopt would... it until you can. Yeah. That's like did you guys read the NS Hipster article about version checking on Swift? No. No. So because you can't you know the pragma if thingies I mean the hash define if you know yeah. preprocessor that's the word I'm looking for. Because they don't really work in Swift. They're very yep. limited. Yep. You can't check your version number anymore like you used to be able to. Yep. Huh. Um, so they're like, how do you check for version? And it's like not very obvious. So they introduced a new API to, to get a really nice, easy version number. And you can say, is operating system greater than blah? The problem is because it's a new API, you can only use it on eight. 
If right. you run it on seven, it doesn't work. <laughs> so it'll be great next year. Uh, no. Yes, there's a way around it, but it doesn't use the new API. I guess. I guess <laughs> it's just one of those things where. But you like, had they had you, to do it. You <laughs> have to do it, like in order to make it happen, like yeah. later on, and it would be really useful in like did, two or three years' time when we've got so many different versions right. to deal with. But did you guys right hear the so rumor well. that Microsoft skipped? version 9 for Windows. So they've gone from Windows because 8 to of Windows, Windows 10. Because of Windows 9, uh, Windows 95 and 98. Yeah, they're worried about this version checking thing. Mm. If version starts with 9, do this stuff. Mm. It sounds crazy, but a lot of people pointed out where it was used in very open source high-profile projects. I just love I just love that like because their version numbers have been uh, have been inconsistent, that forces them to then keep their version numbers inconsistent. Yep. Hmm. I think this this kind of you know says you know you should use consistent version numbering because you know obviously that's gonna forever always always do it at Just least underneath yeah like yeah at, you don't have point, to use like, it as your marketing, marketing. name but yeah. underneath the version number should probably stay consistent yeah well I for for my for gift wrapped I use the build number so it doesn't really matter what my semantic versioning number is I use the build number for um is this like data for like doing data migrations updates, and stuff for doing updates and stuff where i've just got to you know adjust something based between versions yeah um and that way yeah that way like i have just a you know one one cl- uh, method in in like my app delegate that just basically goes okay if if we've if we've gone past this version um and haven't run this particular set of code yet just run it now do you ever run into that do you have do do you do a lot of data migration? Do either of you do a lot of that sort of stuff? Every now and then. Every now and then. But I hate it when it happens. It's painful. It really is painful. Even if you had like th- you reckon you had three users who downloaded it, it's still like, man, I got to cater for those three users forever, yeah. just in case they never update. And well, then three years time, they I, decide I'm going to update today. I don't know. Like <laughs> if it's three users and you've got you've got you know thirty thousand, then it's possible that you you could probably get away with not not bothering. Yeah, but if it's like a simple not. thing, you just forever are going to have that. If version one, do this like bit in your code mm. forever. I've got to see. I've only used this once yet, I think, and uh, now I've got to see what it is because I just can't. I can't abide. Have you used um, not remembering migrations, core data migrations? Yeah, only ever in dummy projects. Okay, I don't even remember how they work. Okay, so I have a, I have a method. Uh, it's called handle version migration. It's in the app delegate. It gets run. It gets run as part of did finish launching with options. And where is it gone? There it is. Uh, and it immediately goes dispatch async to a default queue, and then based on the last build, it checks the the the, the only thing that it does so far is it in, it removes the entire file cache. Because I changed the way that the file cache worked. Right, that's a nice way of migrating. Just blow away yeah, the old cache. Blow it like, away. <laughs> this, if you've got an old cache, we can't use it anymore. It's yeah. when you start storing like user info and stuff that you're stuck. Well, so I have user info, but ninety percent of the user info that I use uh, is like my my user defaults is all just for random preferences and stuff that yeah. don't really matter. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like. So just things like okay, well, for instance, if you're using it, if you decide to use as a custom uh, host URL 
for for sharing links to gifts like on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. And so you you've probably seen that I have like gift.jelly.jellyti.me. Uh, mm-hmm. Um and then the gif, you know, name. So that's part that's my custom host thing that I use. Um that's stored in your user defaults, but it's yeah, if it if it gets blown away then yeah yeah but so are you using cordata i use cordata at the moment i'm 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 thinking of i'm move, going to move away from it um so i i quite like cordata and cordata does have a way of supporting this i uh, think which yeah, is has cordata migrations built in migrations um i haven't used them that heavily in cordata so it's got either you can have automatic migrations turned on which i only ever use during development and basically what that will do is if you've say you add a property to your core data model it'll figure it out and you've set that property as required and you give it a default value and you've got a version of that app installed with some existing data that didn't have that column and didn't have any value in there when you run it with automatic migrations turned on it'll add the column and populate it with the default value mm-hmm. um, things like that yep. so it's handy yeah um, i don't wouldn't really trust it in production like you don't ship with that uh no i so I haven't had to deal with this much in production sort of from doing big schema changes between versions where I'm using core data. But if I did, I think I'd use manual migrations. And I'm where pretty sure to do it all. where basically, but the, what, what you do is you write um, every time. So you version your um, model file. Yep. Right. And the, uh, the model file supports versioning. So you can have one model file that within it has a number of versions mm-hmm. and then for the each change from one version to the next, you have a SQL like script. I guess it's SQL like. I'm thinking back to the web objects days when I did Well it is SQL. SQL it is based on SQL like. Yeah. I don't know how you express a migration in Cordata, whether you do it as SQL or you do it as a series of operations. But basically you say to migrate my data model from version zero to one, run this. And then to migrate my model from version one to two, run this. To migrate my model from version three to four or two to three, sorry wherever we're up to run this. Mm-hmm. And so then you you can actually rely on the framework to figure out for you what version the user has installed and what version they've now upgraded to. So you don't have to write that logic of, oh, nice. That's you know, cool. if I've gone from version two to seven, what do I do to get there? Yep. It will just run each of your migrations one at a time to bring them from version two up to version seven. Yep. At least that's how I think it works because that's how it worked when I used migrations on the server side. Well, um, see, I, the only time I've ever shipped migration-related stuff was with progressions because that's the only one that I've had, like, major model changes. Mm. Progressions, the app that hasn't been updated in two years. It oh. still it still doesn't even... It, does, it still isn't even updated for iOS 7. But it still works, which is good, I guess. Um, I, I, did my, I did data migrations with that, but I always just used the automatic one. Yeah, okay. because I was just really only adding. Like, I think most of the time you're only ever adding and removing properties. Like. Yeah, and to be honest, that's worked fine for me in development. The only reason I'm hesitant to using production is I don't really know what the limits are. Yeah. I, f- I have this feeling that there's some sort of change that's likely to be more complex than it can sensibly deal with. But I think you'll pick. You'd pick that up. Like, yeah, I, I think you'd pick that up in like testing and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you you do do like beta testing and that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I run it on my device. <laughs> That's what you mean, right? Sometimes. <laughs> when, when the, uh, when the, when the uh, you know, you just feel the need. Yeah. Just like, yes, I must run this on the device. Yeah. And I'm like, tap around for a bit. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, this is Sweet. good. Ship it. Yeah, that's my strategy. Yeah, good. 
I I try to do a bit more beta testing than that. <laughs> I try to at least have other people use it. They don't actually tell me anything. Like it's basically a bunch of people that just go, "Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll play with your, uh, play with your app. but you just sit there secretly collecting analytics from them. Every single tap is. We've measured. talked about this before. I don't do that. <laughs> no, we no. we all know. Uh, we've I've mentioned that I don't do that. I don't. I haven't even got pro- like proper analytics in my my production app at this point in time. Hey, um, I don't know how we're going for time, but there's something that I want to ask Ben about. Okay. Do we have time? We've we've got time. You were doing some stuff today with face recognition. I want to know about it because it seems (laughs) awesome. And it's quite easy. Um, So I was doing an app that requires, let's say, a profile, like a profile shot. There's a profile shot of a person, right? Like a photo. So it probably has their shoulders and face in it. And then what I was doing is putting it in like a contact style circle. And so if you just stick a circle around that profile shot, you're probably going to see their neck, maybe their mouth, and like the top of their torso. Right. Or something. So what you were essentially doing is cropping, cropping. Yeah. A, so I wanted to just put the circle like around their face. Yeah. And it turns out iOS has built-in face detection, which you can use. It's very easy, as well as it's smile fantastic. detection and blink detection. Smile blink. and blink detection. That's right. Whoa. Um. So, Actually, I remember them talking about blink detection last year when they brought out iOS 7 because they were talking yeah, about so how the I camera I realized the camera did this it. because um, burst mode, it'll automatically pick a favorite. So if you hold down the it'll shutter pick several. button. Oh. Yeah, it'll several. It, it, and it obviously is using smile and blink detection to figure out and blur. Like it can tell if it's in focus or not and yep. stuff like that. Um, but I didn't know they exposed that through an API. Yep, they That's do. That's just... That's just cool. That's so cool. the face detection allows you to, it gives you the position of the left eye, the right eye, and the mouth, I believe. Right. That's, yeah. That's, and so not only can you detect colors. the fact that someone has a face, mm-hmm. you could potentially compare people's faces and determine whether the one that you're looking at is the same as a reference one in terms of the geometry of if, if are the eyes the same distance apart from one another relative to the mouth. Yeah, that's a very basic facial recognition, yeah. which is how facial recognition works. I think they have a few more metrics than just left eye to right eye. Left eye to right left eye, eye, eye to mouth. mouth. <laughs> Hang on, does this person have two eyes? Yes. Usually, it's I the think, same person. <laughs> they get like, you know, the shape of the head and all that sort of they stuff. They measure a pile of metrics. Yeah. But um, anyway, it's really easy. It's all in core image. You make a core image context and you get your core image image so you can just make one from a ui image yep um and then you get a face detector or it's just a detector and you set it up to detect faces and you just go features in image and it gives you an array of whatever you were searching for smiles or faces or and that's it that's it that's it and the array of those features contains the the geometry of them where they are yeah so the array is an array of whatever feature. So in my case, it was CI face features. Yep. And that has a bounds. So because you're wrecked, you just have to watch out because that bounds is in core image coordinate system, which is different from UI kit. Well, oh, and it's, it's not like, even, that's got a different origin, doesn't it? Core correct. image is like, well, it's like bottom, Mac. it's bottom, bottom left, bottom. Yeah. Bottom UI left. kit's top. And also I think the scale shifts slightly when you make a core image. And so it's kind of hard to, transform between them so mm. i i found yeah well, core image doesn't use scale like like it doesn't like the use pixel scale. like a, it, it's just pixels yeah not like 
yeah. points like we think That's of right. when we think dealing with you. So you can't just. So my initial thought was, I'll just flip the Y because that's the difference between UI kit and yeah, but doesn't then, work. You miss slightly because this, it's off. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it couldn't actually work out why. If someone can tell me how it actually works, that'd be nice. But anyway, you can crop in core image, so that's how I got around it. Just did away with all transforms. I cropped the image with core image as well, so you can just pass in the bounds I got from the face detector. Nice. And then you just get an image back. And then I just returned an image and stuck it in my circle, and voila, done. Pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. It's something that users will never notice. And I, like, I just oh, have to no. say, I love the fact that the way you explained to me that this was working was to send me a cropped picture of Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, profile picture. I need a like good one that has shoulder and some background. And that's what I came up with, Zoolander. Zoolander. Yeah. Nice. I also, actually, one other step I did is I scaled back a bit. So the face detector like locks right onto the yeah, face. Yeah. So you get like so just no the, hair. The, right, the eyes and mouth. Like Jake's profile picture. Yeah. Interestingly, Jake's profile picture does not come up as a face in core image. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm faceless. He's not, he's not actually a real person. That's right. Oh, God. Yeah, so I just scaled it back a bit. So you, I got a bit of hair and stuff in. Yeah. yeah. I did it all in Swift as well. Swift. Mm. This brings up one other slightly related thing. I don't think you're quite done once you've cropped the image. You've got to stick it in the image cache. Hanake? Yep. There's a Swift version. Yep. Yeah, there is. Really? And I've been using it, and it's awesome. Really easy. Oh, cool. It's like one line of code. I, honestly, to, I to, haven't done that I, yet. We, we've, we're, like, I've, I've kind of talked, up, it, talked it up, like yeah. just the Objective-C version, right? It's, yeah. it's great. Uh, but, yeah, like they've been, doing a, they've been doing a Swift version. I don't yeah. think it's made it to 1.0 yet. So no, you mean they re-implemented the whole thing yeah. in Swift? Yeah. Yep. Like they rebuilt the entire thing in Swift. Can I ask why? I don't know. Why not? Because, like, you can use an Objective-C. Yeah, but it's... Is it's, it because it won't be, like, Swifty? Is that the point? I don't like know. Maybe, be... I mean, maybe it's that they want to take it forward in Swift. Like, okay. But, yeah, they just finished, like, they just finished 1.0 for, with it in Objective-C, and they've been working on... On Swift, I'd be interested to know if the plan is to continue to develop both, or if it's like okay, we'll finish Objective C at one point and do the new stuff in Swift from now on. Or, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think they've got to at least keep going with the Objective C one until, not necessarily Objective C dies out because that's never that's going to be a long time. <laughs> um, but you can't. You, it's a good question because you can. Could be performance, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Interesting. Maybe maybe it is more performant. Um, I'm sure we'll probably hear. Yeah, it was it was good. The other thing that intrigues me about it is that it's just a general purpose cache. Cache. Yes. Uh, so well, I'm it kind is of now. interested. It wasn't originally, I don't think. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of interested in potentially using it for other things like um, streaming media, saving. Like, yeah, if you've got an app that's playing some audio, yep. it'd be kind of handy if um, you just used the standard media player to play it it give it a URL where the audio is on the internet, but keep the stuff that's downloaded as you go so that next time you have to play it, it just comes from local storage mm. as opposed to... So I'm going to play with it at some point to see if I can get that to work. I think maybe. But it's it just like, oh, yeah, it's such a great cache. I love it. Mm. I love it so much. My favorite. <laughs> my favorite cache lives here in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I've been using it in a lot. You should do the face detection in GitHub too. Um, to give yourself faces? They do have faces, but... What are you going to do with that info? I don't, like, <laughs> Put well, little squares around I, them. What am I, gonna do? I don't know, like the grid view that you've got. Um, so there's another... 
Yeah. See the way that I'm doing the the way that I'm do, I'm doing the the crop for that is yeah. not actually a crop. Um, the way that uh, I basically pass it to Haneke. Haneke. I don't. I still yeah. don't know how to pronounce this thing. I, I meant to look it up. Hanky. Because uh, it's not Japanese, right? No, it's it's uh, a guy. It's, it's a German name. Okay, so he's. It's not Hanake, which would be the Japanese one. Um, no, it's based. It, so, so we got follow up from the guy that. Yeah, that I remember it. that. Uh, and yeah, it's not. It's not Japanese. It's based on a guy. He was a film director. F- f- director. A film director. Is that German for director? <laughs> <laughs> he was a film director who directed a film called Cachet <laughs> with, the, with the little thing Accent. on the e. uh, And so why why would you not call it cool that? Haneke. Mm. Haneke. I don't know. Anyway, I meant to look it up. Um, what was I saying? Oh, I'm using their image. I'm basically using them. I pass once I once I have a, a flat, just single frame image. Yep. I pass that to, um, to the image view via Haneke, and yep. it like resizes, does all the resizing, and caches it all by itself. But I mean, are you attempting to hone in on some detail in the image, or you're just basically it's just centered, centered? Yeah, yeah. It could be interesting because if if the GIF, the frame that you're doing has a person in it, it might be, rather than having a person in a big context, it might be interesting just to, no, I suppose yeah, no, you I, want to be able to see the I have, thing. I have other things that I, I have in mind that mm. would make that, like, it would make that stuff more difficult because I'd have to figure out where the rect of the actual image is on top of that so I could kind of animate it out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, it's not, not likely to happen anytime soon. But, you know... Thanks for you know another another useful thing for gift feature request yeah yeah proposal. I'm also not going to do beacons no. gift wrapped <laughs> even though you keep you keep requesting it. What about a? We talked about an Apple Watch version, didn't we? We've talked about that. That, we'll that, that may even that may even end up happening. Yeah. Excellent. You need some blur views. They're so hot right now. Yeah, but I have to support seven. And I don't want to have. I don't want to add dependencies where I don't want them. Write your own blur them. view. That could that could end up happening. I tried so hard. Yeah, it just it worked. It just ran at like half a frame per hour. I, well, I, I don't have I, to do. It's not like I have to do video in the <laughs> background or anything. I just have to, you know, have a f- you know flat image. I pretty much get away with it. Yeah, it was hard. <laughs> I'm amazed at how they did it. However, they did. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's about that's that's about how I feel as well. Mm. Mm. So. Today you messaged me asking me about my my rotation problem. Yeah, I thought I had a fantastic solution for you. Oh, really? I don't. So, so I misunderstood because, your problem because I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Chuck a Jake and I'm gonna add something to the end of the show. Okay. Uh, so uh, anybody who follows me on Twitter would have seen that the other day I was working on trying to get uh, rotation happening on some of the devices. So it automat it already works on iPad. Um, rotation is supported on iPad and has been for ages since. You're referring to GIF wrapped, yeah, right, yes. Yeah. Um, and like I was saying before, I want to use stuff. Um, I'm iPhone six plus, yeah, in in low landscape, especially yeah. like I, I do a lot of messaging in landscape, yeah. and so therefore I require GIFs, yeah, in landscape. Right I, at the moment, I have to rotate the phone. Oh, that's yeah. It's uh, it's the worst problem problem in the world, aside from every other problem in the world. Yeah. Um, 
And so I wanted to make it so that, like I was saying before, rotation on like small devices isn't great. Mm. And so I wanted to find a way to rotate on the larger device without having rotation on the smaller devices. Which yes. Apple does. Well, yeah. So it must be possible. It must be possible, right? So my first thought was, okay, well, that makes... Like size classes would make sense for this, right? So I want to rotate only to something that has a regular size class in landscape. Yeah. Yeah? Hang on. You want to rotate to regular. Yeah. You never want to rotate to compact. Exactly. Well, unless it's in portrait. So if, if it's in portrait and compact, then that's fine because, I mean, it's, you know... Yep, portrait. Yeah. But if you're rotating to landscape and it's regular, yep. then it should rotate. If you're rotating to landscape and it's compact, like it is for the 6 mm-hmm. and 5S yep, and 5 everything is not a yep. 6 plus. Right? Yep. They're all compact. compact. Yep. Right? I don't want to rotate on those because I don't think the... I don't particularly so maybe think I that do the have experience a solution would be great. For you. What's the, the problem is you don't know... So... I decided I'd use I'd use the size classes to f- try and figure it out, right? So yeah. I figured I just what I would do is I would figure out what the size class is going to is going to be, and then just not like and then basically say okay, don't don't auto rotate. Yeah. It turns out that you the only way the only things that you can get size classes for is you can get uh, you can get a trait collection from any view or window or whatever yep. that gives you the current size classes that that view window etc is in. Yeah, you can get it from the screen as well. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can get like you know the current traits and everything um, programmatically. Um, you can create a new one with you know the traits that you're looking for, but that's not ideal because you just return true all the time. There's not really any way of just going. Okay, well this device will go into. But what if the logic? What so if you're in the midst of a. Well, there's, there is there is view will wrote will will resize to trait collection or something of oh, view view yeah yep there's a there's a there's a delegate or something method on UI view controller that does that passes there's essentially like the rotation auto rotation you know will yes, ro- auto rotate yeah uh, it's like that and it's like view will transition to size but it's view will transition to trait collection right. But can I don't know that you can stop it from rotating in that view. Yes, can you, you can. Can you? This is the fix that I've got for you. Okay. So there's a session in uh, WWDC, most recent one, this year's. Yep. What's new in iOS 8 view controllers. Yep. Where they look at basically interfering with a rotation event to do custom stuff. And so the custom stuff they're talking about is imagine you've got a collection view that scrolls vertically. Yep. With a grid of cells. I think I sat in on this. Why don't I and know you this? Rotate it. <laughs> Instead of rotating the whole collection view and continuing to scroll, you rotate the cells. You, yeah, you say collection view stop. I'm just going to rotate the cells instead, which is going to look awesome. Yeah, and so what you do in in that, so your view controllers, um, I, I've done it in the view will transition to size, and that's the example they used in the WDC session. Is so you go in there and you get a transform that is underway mm-hmm. and then you create an in, inversion you invert that so you create oh, a, God. a transform yeah, okay. which is the opposite yeah okay and so you're and then you set that yeah. on your view so basically yeah. it's it's transforming you 90 degrees in one direction you create a transform which is 90 degrees in the other direction and apply it cancelling it out so if you just do that and finish there it basically will stop the the rotation what session is this 
I can give you a link later. We'll stick it in the show notes. Okay. Um, it's the advances in UI view controllers in iOS 8 session. Um, and then they go one step further. So they stop the rotation of the um, main view, the collection view, but then they get the transform that was going to be applied to the um, collection view and instead mm. apply it to each cell. Mm. Um, and then they set change the scroll direction so that it basically... Pretty cool. Yeah, Good it's pretty trick. awesome. And they re- v- v- it scrolls vertically? Oh, no, wait, you would want it to... Wouldn't you leave it the same? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. But it's pretty cool. Anyway, they do something cool. I get I get what you're saying. Um, I'm I'm going to do it in this app that is um a, a a seating chart that shows where people are seated uh, are sitting on a floor plan. And Why when you are all wrote, their faces you? Cuz cuz I'm the only person that has a seat. <laughs> you are, you don't just have one seat. You seem to have I like have all several hundred yes. seats. Yeah, because we don't have Zoolander in there at the moment. Um <laughs> but so when you rotate when you rotate um the yeah the, you the, don't you don't the, actually want to change the pieces of the interface will rotate as opposed to the exactly the whole so, thing. so that if you want to look at the seating plan from a different perspective you're like okay i'm looking at it from bo- the bottom but what does it look like from the side you mm. just turn your phone to the side mm. and it stays it doesn't Move around, it stays. Yeah, right? but so everything you can move else, around, but everything else moves. And so this That's would be sort of how they do. The, you would get the same, the a similar to effect to what like the camera view does, where just yeah. just all the little bits rotate. Not yeah, the, exactly. Not the, not the content. So the so content the buttons, the buttons rotate. Yeah, but they all stay in like the same position. They just go. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like cool maps. Do, does maps do that, or should it do that? Because I've seen this before, where people are trying to like navigate. The way around a map, and they turn their device because they're trying to orient themselves, and then it reorients, and then they turn it again and again and again. No, it rotates. Yeah, which is funny when you see people like that's a common thing I've seen people do where they're like, "Um, "I'm trying to understand where I am on this map. I'm going to turn my phone so I'm looking at the map." You know what I mean? Like as you would with a paper map. How how trippy is it when you like got the auto rotation? On, but also the map rotates when you've got that. When you got that special, you know how you have. Yeah, because you're meant to use the compass if you're trying to do that. But normal yeah, people don't, don't work that out. No, they just like, like pretend they're using a paper map. I'm like, okay, I'm standing with that big thing behind me. Turn my phone around. So it's yeah. Anyway, fun times. Well, I'm gonna try that out now. Maybe yeah. maybe that will work for me. So I think it you seems still, like you a still really have the challenge way. of figuring out. Um, so the thing I was, because I was trying to find a solution for you today so I could give you an answer because I wanted to, like, win. No, it was not a competition, but I wanted to be, like, <laughs> the guy that has all the answers. Um, and I didn't because I couldn't figure out how to determine whether you're about to go. Are you in portrait? So I, you, you can, I could get the trait collection. Yeah. But I, so I could see if it was uh, regular or compact for the horizontal one. But there are certain times you want to. So yeah, if you're if you're um, rotating from landscape to portrait, and the horizontal size is compact, you want the transform to happen because you need to get back into. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's. Mm, It'll be interesting to see if you can do it. Manage it. I, it's. Um, it does seem quite convoluted. It is, and that's the thing. Like, I, like, I all I wanted to do was basically have a thing that I can return from like should auto 
rotate. Does that is that even still supported? Anyway, the you know that that yeah. sort of thing, that sort of thing where yeah. I can just go, okay, I return a boolean, but you can't. There is no way to find out what the yeah. what the like what it's what the device supports, mm. um, and in what like orientation it supports it. Mm. So I yeah I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe you'd have to like rotate of like have a like a view in the background that you would rotate that just kind of didn't ever actually appear on screen, but just, you know, was behind everything and you would rotate it and figure, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that would, that seems convoluted as well. But is, this is just the sort of thing where I, I wish there was just like a simple API that I could just go, does this, does this, you know, if this, does this orientation have this, you know, particular trait mm. or will on this it have it on this, have this trait uh, collection so I think that and- the 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 fact that that API isn't there makes me think that we're not meant to think about views as belonging to a particular device mm-hmm. or even like I think we are going to see split screen apps on the iPad for example. So I yeah. think that you know the idea that um on a given device like an iPad um landscapes always going to be but see, regular, on, regular. An iPod, on an iPad, right, if you split the screen, say, into a third, which is where yeah. you're going to get, like, compact, the other direction is still going to be regular. It's going to be basically an iPhone 6 Plus. And there's no way of rotating that where it's not going to be, unless they have, like, tiny... They also do, like, a square view, which is compact, compact. Like a tiny little square mm. that's, like, half of a third, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, I don't... Yeah, I. Anyway, maybe I'm not supposed to think of it like that, and maybe I'll just make it so that you never can rotate on an iPhone. But yeah, my my solution that I ended up coming with, up with that was the only solution that I could think of was uh, to detect the three X. Can you actually scale. just get the device name? Yeah, but if, that's even. Scott, if I'm on this, you want to be future proof. I was trying to think, you know, for future, like an auto layout, screen size greater than. Yeah, it's still Dodge. It's still pretty dodge. Like that's still basing on, on that's basing on size and that's how so everyone's far managed to get away from it. detection works though. Yeah, not yeah. mine. I didn't do like that because I think you know try to think ahead, but you know clearly I'm just confusing myself now. So while I'm confused, let's let's wrap things up. Well, actually, there's one more thing I was no. Just one more thing. Just one more thing. I'm about not going to do that this week. That we're going to talk about for half the, an hour because there's nothing. There's nothing. Well, it's a show intro. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my book. <laughs> I love it when I do it really late. Oh, well, exit this, now. You know, there is a, this thing called editing that would let you actually show. take this audio and move it to a Where different part of the show. Development. <laughs> this is episode number 42, which is the answer to life, the universe and everything. Hi, I'm Ben. This is Ben. That's that's the intro done. Ben Trangrove, everybody. G'day. Or should we no, be saying... No, you're Jake. You don't say g'day I'm after saying I g'day say g'day. I'm saying g'day to Ben. <laughs> g'day. Or should we be saying, um, hello, hello, what have we here then, Governor? <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt. So so this is... Uh, I I, th- I feel like we probably need to, you know, mention this. Great segue. This is... This is <laughs> now that, that, we've, that was now meant that to be an English accent. Now that we've started the show. I got it. Now that we've started the show... We we should talk about how Ben's Ben's leaving. This is our last show in the same room. This is our last show in the same room. It's kind of I'm kind of not sad about it because it's really hot in here. So hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! But at the same time, I'm gonna miss you, Ben. I'm gonna miss you guys too. It's not 
going to be the same. It's going to change. Everything's going to change. I'll be sitting in my luxury penthouse instead. Did you see those um, iPad robots? Yeah. Yeah, they're creepy. We could get one of them for Ben. They're super creepy. He could, he could move his way around this That is room. super creepy. I don't, I, don't, I don't like the idea of Ben being super creepy. He's kind of like cute and cuddly over here. I'm, I don't. I, I don't think fat. I could replace. <laughs> you could get one of those iPads. Put on a couple of pounds. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. No, he's still looking much more, you know, beefier than I am. <laughs> we had a handstand competition the other day. I failed. <laughs> I won by default. <laughs> I didn't even try. <laughs> Is this going in the show? <laughs> I think we've gone uh, crazy in the heat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So Ben's Ben's going to London for like a year, and uh, and we'll st- he'll be still on the show, but he'll be phoning it in. Yep. For literally, literally phoning it in. Not like mm. the not like the you know phoning it in where he does. I don't think anyone job. will notice a difference. No, no one's going to be able to tell. But yeah, it still is. We'll, it's we'll a big notice. Thing. We'll notice. We'll I'll be notice. sad. We, we will. He, we'll sit here. You know, in the lead up time. Uh, just you know, having having you know, quiet thoughts about how we miss Ben. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but you know, it'll be over in a year. Yeah, and then I'll be back, mm. and you'll be back, and then somebody else will leave. Yeah, who knows? Do, do they do cocoa heads in London? Does anyone I'm know? I'm sure they do. Somebody get in touch with us and tell us if that. Yeah, where invite, the cocoa invite, heads is. invite Ben to cocoa heads. Ben needs London. invited. Yeah, Ben needs an invitation. If, if they you, don't, I'll start it. But that would. They definitely do. And um, on the flip side, we'll need some more people at Cocoa Heads Canberra because now, <laughs> now well, we're I just lost, a, like, a third of the... There's not going to be a Cocoa Heads Canberra because Ben's not going to be there to organise it. Jake will organise it, right? Uh, yeah, because that always happened. Mm. Even I've been pretty slack recently. In the in the last, what, six months, the, the couple of times that you've been away, the, nobody's, nobody's organised it. Mm. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, ben. Ben. Canberra will be worse off without you. Except that it's still the best place to live in the world. It is. Take According that to world. the OECD. What is You haven't seen this? Oh, the OECD have ranked everywhere in the world yeah. and have decided that Canberra is the nicest place to live. That's weird. Based on a whole pile of metrics. Really? Yep. And, of course, everyone in Australia is going, oh, the OECD is so stupid. But they haven't lived here because mm. it's fantastic. Mm. I love I, Canberra. I've always said that Canberra is the easiest place to get stuck in because it's just so easy to live here. There you go. And, and now, you the, and away, now the OECD difficult. agrees. Mm, mm. Everyone move here. I was just clearly like ahead of my time yeah. when I thought that. Mind you, my my vocab my vo- my vocabulary for that is you know kind of negative, whereas theirs is like it's the best. Mm. I'm like, I think you get stuck here. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a place where you get stuck. Like Hotel California? I just don't want to leave. That's more positive. Okay. You guys don't know the same music that I... I know the song, but I don't remember the lyrics. I wasn't alive in the 1920s. The 1920s. If you'd like to send Ben an invitation to Cocoa Heads London, you can do that by email. Email us at mobilecouch.co forward slash contact or, you know, via an actual email to hello at mobilecouch.co. You can also read our show notes on the website. They are at mobilecouch.co forward slash 42. The answer to life, the universe, and everything will probably not be linked from there, but you can give it a red hot go anyway. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us individually, you can do that. Ben is on Twitter. Ben Trengrove, B-E-N-T-R-E-N-G-R-O-V-E. 
Are you are you on hello yet? Isn't it Ello? It's Ello. Hello, hello. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not cool enough. And Jake is also on Twitter at J McMullen. That's J M A C M U L L I M. That's true. And I am also not on Ello. <laughs> I'm not on Ello either. Hmm. We're so but if I was, uncool. I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd be under jelly bean soup. What, what about Yo? No, I definitely nope. not on Yo. It wasn't on Yo. Is Yo's time over yet? I don't know. If it is, we should move on to Sup. Yeah, I think you should just all send gifts to each other. <laughs> maybe I'll add. Maybe there's I'll a add social. A, isn't there a social network? For, oh no, that's emoji. That's emoji. You should make one for gifts. Is that what the next version of gift wrapped is? I'll never tell. Well, I might after after, after I ship. it's released. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. It's been really great to talk to you all again. We look forward to seeing you. No, talking to you. Yes, and seeing you, and seeing you. Come say hello. Come say hello to us. Come to Canberra. It's the best place to live. You'll get stuck here. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.